Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Down to four, down to three. Chris Paul for three. Yes! 15 points in the first quarter for the future Hall of Famer. All about the return of Chris Paul. Six of nine from the field, three of four deep. Played most of last season with a torn UCL in that right elbow. Knocks it into left center. Schwarber's home with a fifth Phillies run. And there's nobody up in the bullpen. Things are getting away from Ryan Nelson here. Right to the shortstop, Trey Turner, and the Phillies take the finale. They win the series three out of four against the Diamondbacks, who suddenly have dropped three consecutive games. Now this was just a lack of offense. Uh, Nola was extremely good. The Phillies bullpen was good again. 13 D-back strikeouts, only one base on balls, and most importantly, the one through six hitters in the D-backs lineup win a combined two for 24, both of them from Cattell Marte. It's Judon and McCourty, Mr. Skeddy on the back end for the Patriots. Here's Murray. He takes off and stumbles, brought down at the 44 as he picks up three. And after going down awkwardly, he can't get up. Late switch by Herbert. Out of the pocket, two receivers this side. Williams, feet down. Touchdown, Mike Williams. It's all the way to the basket. He can't get some contact. Here's Beal seeing a lot of active hands, and he goes off glass, and he gets it to go. Bradley Beal with his 19 points, and he is pumped. His eye is on the prize right here. I don't know what type of move that was. Well, we said that someone's going to get thrown out, and he hasn't thrown him out yet. But Aaron Boone is out of that was out of that dugout in a shot. They're saying four. He's cost us four strikeouts so far. He's being held back by Chris Guccione. I think he just got thrown out now. Just now? So we're going on for five minutes. I know. Here's Shohei swinging and driving a ball deep out into left center, and that one lands in the second deck. Otani has hit another home run in this series. Another two-run homer. The Angels add on, and the Angels now have a 5-2 lead. And the payoff delivery, and he got him looking, and that is how the inning will end. So Shohei strikes out a pair on called third strikes here in the bottom of the fourth. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Friday, June 16th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7, the Suns, should they bring back Chris Paul? The Diamondbacks is losing three out of four, reason for concern or no big deal. The Cardinals, should they be considered the worst NFL team in 2023? The Chargers, should they sign Justin Herbert to a long-term deal before training camp? 
the Heat would adding Bradley Beal put them over the top. Meanwhile, MLB, do you want Robo Ball Robo? I knew I was going to do this. Robo Robot. I mean, should just say Robot, right? Robot Balls and Strikes umpires. The Angels should they be taken seriously? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, we'll have a Diamondbacks Guardians season pre- uh, series preview with uh, Jeff Ellis of Locked On Guardians. 9.30, also the over-under for me to say Indians is going to be like one and a half. So see how I do there. Ding, ding. We'll have a, like a tally maybe going. 9.30 or so, it'll be interactive action, 6.02. 260, 1060, and also the local roundup, including a Diamondbacks, Phillies, a Thursday rewind and time pending, uh, some Suns draft, DeAndre Hopkins, and U of A basketball updates. Final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup, topped by the latest line. And from the scoreboard, definitely from the scoreboard from last night, is uh, going to be first in that list. Then after the Sports Zone, from 10 to noon, will be the Extra Point, hosted by Kayla. That will include more phone call time. All right, on to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, should the Suns bring back Chris Paul next season? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. Early returns. Bob, I know you don't like this when there's just a lot on one side. Yes, out in front at 100% of the vote. That would be a lot on one side. (laughs) Uh, Paul said... He absolutely wants to stay with the Suns, I'm guessing in part because his 2023 deal becomes fully guaranteed for $30.8 million uh, over uh, you know, during the next couple of weeks here, and that's certainly a salary is unlikely to approach uh, from any team if he's actually waived and becomes a free agent. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, uh, the Diamondbacks losing three out of four to home, at home to the Phillies. Reason for concern or no big deal? And Kayla once again has early returns. Reason for concern, 73.3% of the vote, no big deal at 26.7%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Arizona could have actually been swept in the four-game series if it weren't for a ninth-inning foul ball that just missed being a home run that would have given Philadelphia the lead. So could have been a four-game sweep. Probably could have made a few other things and you know, said, well, if the Diamondbacks did this or did that, they might have won a game here or there. But it was originally called a home run on Monday night, and then uh, it was pretty obviously a foul ball, so they got it right. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the majority of the NFL mini camps concluded this week, uh, topping the Thursday NFL headlines, Justin Herbert uh, did not rule out a training camp hold-in uh, that would be him reporting to training camp and not taking part in practices. Uh, that's if he does not. All you know, all that uh, depends on whether he has a contract extension or not before camp starts. So, should the Chargers sign Justin Herbert to a contract extension before training camp to, I guess, prevent the hold-in possibility uh, during training camp? Meanwhile, uh, the uh, the Heat and Bradley build talks are escalating, something we talked about Mo, with Mo DeKeel in the sports zone earlier this week on Wednesday. 
Uh, Beal's mega deal with the Wizards, by the way, includes a no-trade clause, but he would reportedly accept a deal to the Heat. No kidding. Uh, would adding Bradley Beal get the Heat over the hump, the championship hump? Remember, they've been in the finals twice in the last four years and, quite frankly, really haven't had much of a chance to win either of those finals. Meanwhile, uh, Major League Baseball will not have robo-umpires in 2024, Rob Manfred said on Thursday, there have been too many problems with the system this season in the minor league level. So at some point, and you know, maybe soon or maybe never, do you want ro robot umpires for balls and strikes at the major league level? Meanwhile, the Angels are seven games above 500 now after winning three out of four this week against Texas. Shohei Otani humbered again last night. He was the winning pitcher as the Angels won for that third game and four games this week at Texas. Should the Angels be considered a postseason threat? In addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's the pipeline for today. We've got to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's in the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602 260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will news update. That'll be followed by a, a Diamondback Guardians, Diamondbacks and Guardians uh, weekend uh, series preview. Jess Vallis from Locked On Guardians scheduled to join us. Also, once again, bottom of the hour to be phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060. 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to some local roundup at the bottom of the hour. We'll def definitely get to some Diamondbacks and Phillies, and depending, uh, depending on phone call volume, uh, we'll get to a few other things, but definitely we'll get to some Diamondbacks and Phillies. All right, you're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kesslux HD2 100.7. Show Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD 2 100.7. Your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Cleveland plays its first regular season series at Chase Field since 2017 this weekend against the Diamondbacks. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. And for the latest on the uh, 32 and uh, 36 Guardians, we're now joined the sports on by Jeff Ellis of Locked On Guardians. And Jeff, good to have you. Let's start with last night. The uh, normally low-scoring uh, Cleveland uh, against the normally low-scoring San Diego. They played like a slow-pitch softball game last night. It was like 8-6. to six. Uh, with the uh, Guardians winning the game. What what happened last night with the offensive explosion in San Diego? 
I, I wish I had a like a on the, the you know, right on answer for this because then it'd be nice to be able to replicate it. But uh, it just seemed to be for whatever reason that uh, Cleveland was able to finally. Their big problem this year is stringing together hits. They'll get a lot of hits in a game. Uh, this was the game we saw them actually put some things together. Uh, three run home run doesn't hurt, of course. Uh, yeah. The they didn't have it. They only had one walk. Uh, San Diego actually had more base runners in that game, and uh, Cleveland just was able to finally be a game in the series where they could put two or three hits in an inning and do some damage. Well, let's get into that offense a little more. Uh, you know, the Cleveland offense for really the second consecutive season has struggled. Uh, 27th in runs scored, 30th dead last in homers, 28th in OPS. Is there some hope for the offense to go from at least bad to decent? Well, they, you know, the the hope is kind of they were 32nd uh, up until about two three weeks ago. So we are seeing some some improvement. I know other teams are also uh, playing even worse, which has helped. But uh, Josh Naylor is, I think, on a 15 game hit streak. Maybe it's 14. It's 14 or 15, and he yeah. has led baseball in batting average during that time. He's hitting 400. Uh, before that stretch, he had been really struggling to, in terms of results. The batted ball data was good, but his overall performance hadn't matched up. They've had Will Brennan has, has caught fire for them recently of late and played very well. But some players are starting to put it together. You know, catcher is, is a black hole in Cleveland right now, and it has been for the past few years. Uh, they're hoping that Josh's uh, younger brother, Bo, can come up soon and, and help there. Uh, but they, right now this team is going to go based on Naylor and Jose Ramirez uh, as the drivers, and there's just a lot of question marks, unfortunately, outside of those two. Okay, let's get into those two guys. Let's start with Jose Ramirez, one of baseball's best players. He's hitting .289, uh, which from afar seems to be um, a little surprising. Uh, it, actually, he's got that many pitches to hit. Why, why do teams even bother to pitch to him at this point? That is a very good question. Uh, there was one game in against St. Louis that uh, they decided to pitch to him, and he essentially won the game in the ninth when there was the first base open. Uh, of late, you know, with Josh Naylor hitting behind him, it's giving him some protection in the lineup. Uh, Jose has also had some ups and downs. He had the thumb injury a year ago, which required off-season surgery. He played the whole year with an injured thumb. And we're seeing some of the tendencies from that time where he was chasing a little bit more and a little less patient, so some of that has carried over. He hasn't quite been the MVP caliber Jose, who had top five finishes in four, three out of four years. But he's still their best player. He's still been well above league average as a hitter. Uh, just not quite the peak of what we saw uh, previously to this. Jeff Ellis of Lockdown Guardians, currently in the sports zone. You mentioned Naylor. He's on the 14-game hitting streak. He has 50 runs batted in. Uh, those, it's a pretty high number considering it's not like they've scored a ton of runs uh, and he's on a, you know, this streak. Why is he so hot right now and how has he uh, kind of, quote, turned things around, I guess? But the interesting thing with him was like all the advance because of the baseball demand page, all the data there was about the same as a year ago. He seemed to be one of those guys who was just unlucky. There are those players who seem to have those stretches where nothing falls right or everything's hit right at someone. He's been hitting the ball hard all year. Now he's just hitting the ball where, where they aren't. Uh, the old expression there. But that he's been putting good at bats, good swings. Uh, now he's, he's getting the results from it. Uh, yesterday's game was a perfect example. In that first, they got the bases loaded. 
Josh Bell comes up and strikes out, and Naylor comes up and lays a single that gets the first two runs across before David Fry hits a, a three-run homer. But it just always seems right now, especially with the timely hitting, is a big reason for the, the RBIs there. I've talked about this team struggled with that timely hitting, but he is a guy who's excelling in those spots. You mentioned Josh Bell. Uh, when he uh, ended up in Cleveland, I thought especially uh, hitting left-handed in Cleveland, he would be fine. Uh, he's not been fine. He's been better lately, but he's still hitting just 237. Why has he struggled so much the first two-plus months of the season? One of the things I've talked about on the podcast with him is we're seeing a lot of bad launch angle. Uh, I know not everyone knows launch angle, so it's basically the idea that you swing a bat at certain angles, you're going to get better outcomes. You want more of a loft, and especially if you're a power hitter. You want more, you know, a higher angle of loft. Uh, like I think most home runs are somewhere between 15 to 35, and he was averaging 4.5, which was I think worse than the league for the first month and a half. So his swing's been kind of a mess. And I know he's a tinkerer. They talk about that in the local media, and that sometimes he like tries to fix the swing on his own and isn't necessarily sticking to the plan. It sounds like. But there, there's some work to do uh, just in terms of his overall swing path and what he's doing. Uh, he's walking a ton. That's his one benefit right now. And he has these stretches where you think he's coming out of it. Uh, he had two great games in San Diego, and then yesterday was 0 for 4 with 3Ks. And every time he came up, there was a runner on. And it was you know, what we've been seeing for him throughout most of the year, unfortunately. The uh, Guardians pitching, not quite as good as it was last year. Uh, in 2023, they have allowed the seven fewest runs, but they're 28th in strikeouts as a staff. And basically, they're in the middle of the pack and say whip and opponent's batting average. How would you describe the pitching staff to date? Uh, in transition. It, it's a group where Kristen McKenzie, uh, this will be, I think on Friday, it's going to be his third start of the year. Due to yeah. some health issues, Aaron Savale misses time every year. Uh, he just had about a month and a half he missed. Zach Bisak was just put through waivers, and no one claimed him. No one wanted to pick up the two million left on his contract. Cal Quantrill is currently on the 15-day disabled list. Uh, if you're not paying close attention to the the Guardians, it might be interesting for people to know. It's like Shane Bieber has turned into a guy who can't yeah. miss bats anymore. His strikeout rate was one of the ten worst in baseball. His last start was was vintage Bieber, but He's only struck out seven or more three times this year. So that's part of that lower K rate. The two rookies, uh, Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee, have, have been pretty solid. Uh, they definitely had some rookie lumps uh, coming up and playing, but they've had the best strikeout rates amongst those pitchers. And uh, we're just kind of waiting to see who's going to stick around when Quantrill comes back, if they just decide to trade Bieber since he's only got a year and a half left and this team you know, isn't going to extend him. So. It's very much a transition phase. We're seeing some young kids. We're also seeing some people uh, who, you know, could be on the move. We're talking uh, with Jeff El- Jeff Ellis of Locked On Guardians. Of course, the Guardians in town for the uh, first or three game series, which starts tonight against the Diamondbacks. You mentioned Bieber. I was going to get to the strikeouts next. In fact, they're way down this season. What what's up with the decrease in the swinging strikes and the strikeouts? We, I, I've been trying to go very deep on this, like really get into the numbers. And it seems to be his curveball was a pitch that he used a lot more in the past. And a lot of it's conjecture. There, there's a lot of talk about the year uh, in 2021 where he missed about three months with injury. Uh, 
that he's never quite come back the same. His velocity is lower since then. It seems like he can't quite get the grip on that curveball. I don't know if it's you know, causing discomfort or, you know, it, it, like I said, it's all conjecture to figure out why a pitch that was his best one is one he's kind of not using anymore. Uh, we're seeing a lot of cutter slider and the fastball. I, overall, he's a not – he just looks like a different pitcher than he was uh, during his Cy Young year or even like, – 2021 uh, pre-injury. Uh, so the guy who at one point in time tied Randy Johnson for the most uh, eight strikeout games in a row, and now he's only struck out eight or more twice this season. So he's he's just a, a different pitcher in a lot of uh, respects since that injury. He seems to be avoiding like that curveball and then pitching a lot more to contact. And he's always been a bit home run prone, so there's always danger in that to begin with. But his game was always kind of getting people to swing at the at those pitches going away, and without that strong biting curveball, he just seems to not be missing the bat he used to. There have been Bieber trade rumors for roughly like a year. Uh, his contract's up after next season, so is this the right time to deal him? It just comes down to return. Uh, I part of me wonders with his problems missing bats. Uh, he's still been relatively effective with that. Again, fairness to Shane Bieber, he is still, you know, more often than not, he's going deep into games. He is, you know, giving up three or last runs. Uh, he's just not the top ten pitcher that I think a lot of people maybe still think of him as. Uh, if he can get a, a good return, it certainly makes sense, especially if he can get some hitting help. As we discussed, that has been an issue for Cleveland. Uh, there is a world, I think, where they – play it out with him if they can't get a good enough return and then give him the qualifying offer with the knowledge he won't accept it um, in a few years. Uh, it's just making sure that whatever you get is better than evaluation on the, that plus another year of production. I, I'm curious to see if he does get traded. I think a lot of Cleveland fans are going to be kind of surprised at what the return is going to be. The Guardians' pitching development is something I've been fascinated about for years. They've been really good at it. Why have they been so good at developing pitchers? I think the most important thing is they know what they do well. Uh, if you look a few years ago, uh, people would ask me, who are they going to draft? And I would just jokingly say, like, look for a college pitcher with a walk rate under four and a strikeout rate over 11. <laughs> doesn't matter what they throw. Like that's, you know, it's, it's that's Gavin Williams, that's Logan Island. That uh, may not have been Tanner Bybee at the time, but they, they're not as strong about the command control aspects. They target the guys who already have that, but they're very good at the biomechanics and finding extra miles per hour. Right? Uh, we had Tanner Bybee on our show, and he was a guy who he thought the Cubs were going to take him in back to back years, and both years that passed, he's already taken him. He was like 90, 91 in college. He's hitting 98, 99 right now. Uh, two years after being drafted there. Uh, I remember talking with uh, another pitcher, Kyle Dowdy, who within three months of leaving the Tigers to come to Cleveland, he had moved, gained like four miles an hour on his pitch. They just, they're very good about maximizing the mechanics, you know, ironing out flaws. You know, a few years ago, they took like four pitchers from Florida, and that was just a sign that they thought that there was something that they could do better than that program was doing in terms of development. Uh, they're very good about knowing looking at things and knowing where to target and they, they just will go after the same programs constantly in the draft it's, it's interesting to see that because they know oh there's this thing that we can fix or work through we think that maybe they're not as strong 
And they're really good about that. They know how to find an extra gear with players. Gavin Williams, you mentioned, he's their current top pitching prospect at AAA Columbus. He has a 293 or run average, 61 strikeouts, and 47 innings. When might he be promoted and be pitching for the Guardians? It's a hard pass for him to get up this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he made it. I also wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. A lot of it probably comes down to if they trade Bieber uh, or even more than Bieber, if they were to look to move a Ball or a Quantrell in addition, or if someone gets hurt. Uh, their 40-man situation is an absolute mess. Right now they have so many players on it, uh, and they're going to have to add a few more this offseason. And they don't have to add him. With Allen and Bybee up, he might be the guy who kind of just waits for another year in AAA. Uh, Daniel Espino is hurt. Too many people going into the season thought could be their number one pitching prospect. They have to add him no matter what at the end of the year. So I wouldn't be surprised if just due to managing the arms they have, uh, young lefty Joey Cantillo in AAA, who's already on their 40, and Cody Morris, who they just activated, who's another a young pitcher who's been working out of the pen right now due to injuries, but they'd like to try as a starter. So Gavin Williams might be stuck down there for just one more season. Yeah, defensive stats and rankings and ratings, I think, are difficult to judge. The Guardians seem to have some, you know, plus defenders at multiple positions, yet they don't really seem to rank all that highly in uh, most of the defensive stats. How would you describe the Guardians' defense this season? position by position like Jose Ramirez is fantastic Miles Straw is one of the best uh, defensive center fielders but some of his data isn't as strong as it has been but I think it's just lack of opportunities like as the year goes on it'll get better the outfield is very strong defensively uh Andres Jimenez is a strong defender at second base uh Natcher has been kind of a mess they lead the league in pass balls and wild pitches and it's Offensively and defensively, it's, I think they're pretty much the bottom in baseball. Uh, Rosario is in a contract year, but by a lot of metrics, he's been the worst defensive shortstop in baseball the last two years. <laughs> Less than ideal. Uh, first base, Josh Naylor doesn't always rate well, but he passes the eye test. Uh, when you put Josh Bell out there, it's, it's an adventure uh, at best. It's, he is a DH all the way. So I think... You're good on the outfield. There are some some questions on the infield and then behind the the plate. Okay, so the trade deadline and the quite frankly the not good AL Central. How does that all affect what the Guardians do between now and the trade deadline? I think there is a world where even if they're trying to get there, they consider moving someone like Bieber if it gets them the bat they need. If the young pitchers continue to pitch well and they feel like they can step up. Uh, I could see a world where they keep him and try to acquire another outfielder of some type uh, to help them out or just another hitter in general. Because, you know, as you mentioned previously, their 40-man is is very full. Uh, they, last year at this time, were ranked as a top-five minor league system in spite of being you know, a, a contending team and the youngest team in baseball. So they have a lot of good depth. Uh, we've all been kind of waiting for a few years for them to, to use some of that depth to kind of improve the roster. We Many of us thought that might be a Sean Murphy trade. Unfortunately, for Cleveland, that did not come together. Uh, they're still kind of waiting. You know, they 
if you believe the chatter that we heard was like that they were you know very close on Murphy and it fell apart. They were very close on Matt Olson and then Freddie Freeman signs and, and that fell apart. So they've they've tried. They just haven't been able to land anyone. If they can get a hitter who has multiple years of control, I would not be shocked. Even if you know under 500, but if they're still under three back, I wouldn't be surprised if you see them get a hitter with the thought that if that guy can help us for two or three years, that's the ideal as these young pitchers start to mature. Okay, this weekend uh, here against the Diamondbacks, uh, what are you looking for in the three-game series? I'm, I'm curious to see what Tristan McKenzie shows up. His first start was awesome. His second start was a struggle. I believe we get Bybee on Sunday. He's had uh, two yeah. out of his three last starts have been not as strong. Seeing if he can kind of pick it up and, and continue to do well. And then I just want to see if Naylor gets his streak going uh, in what he is doing. I think he's been hitting like 400 since mid-May. So that, that's a, a positive. Uh, but, yeah, those are kind of my three big things. I, I, as I said on Lockdown Guardians last night, I, I don't have a feeling about this series. It does not match up well for Cleveland um, with everything, the way Arizona is playing. And just offensively, uh, you're light years ahead of where Cleveland can hope to be right now. Jeff, great stuff. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Jeff Ellis, Locked On Guardians. Check out all his work. He mentioned the podcast a few times, so check that out also. Also, next segment it is phone call time, 602-260-1060, general discussion, 602-260-1060. We'll get to some local roundup. We'll, uh, you know, uh, you know, Jeff mentioned certainly the, for the season, the, Diamond, the uh, Diamondbacks have been really good in uh, most areas. However, I think you can make a pretty easy case, at least I can, and I'm going to do some of that in the next segment, make an easy case or make a case that uh, the Diamondbacks the last four days against the Phillies just played their worst series of the year uh, so far. Uh, so we'll have a little more on that in the next segment, but mainly phone call time if you want to jump aboard. 602-260-1060, we got time and room for you in the next segment. We'll wrap up the Sports Zone of the National Roundup, and don't forget the Extra Point hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon. Coming up next, all that right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. morning drive just got a little better the dan patrick show is live weekday morning starting at six exclusively on kdus am 1060 it's time for today's local roundup and hey, welcome back to the sports zone with bob kemp on kdus am 1060 and kiss lux hd2 100.7 if you want to get in we got phone call time right now and a little room for you if you'd like to participate 602 260 1060 the Diamondbacks finished one and three in their four-game home series against the Phillies. The Diamondbacks lost the last three games. It might have been their worst played game, uh, excuse me, worst played series of the season. On uh, Thursday afternoon, pitcher Ryan Nelson, he was bad. He allowed five runs. He's actually very lucky he allowed only five runs on ten hits and two walks in just four innings. One of the runs was because Nelson failed to properly cover first base. For the season, Nelson now three and four. He's three and four on a first place team that's thirteen games above five hundred. He also has a five thirty or run average and a bad whip of one fifty four, really bad. Uh, numbers that no pitcher should have, uh, no starting pitcher should have for a first place team, quite frankly. 
after the uh, Nelson implosion yesterday, uh, Tori Lavello would not commit that Nelson would remain in the rotation uh, after this start yesterday, or at least in his, his next scheduled start next week. The problem is, do the Dimebacks have any pitcher in the organization good enough to actually come up and be a starting pitcher at the major league level? Meanwhile, on a positive note, Cattell Marte returned to the lineup. He missed the previous two games, at least the previous two starts, uh, with a back problem. He had a three-run homer yesterday. Unfortunately, Marte's homer was the only really bad pitch thrown by Phillies winning pitcher Aaron Nola, who went six and two-thirds innings, gave up the four runs, a three-run homer for four of those runs. On six hits and just one walk, he had nine strikeouts. Lourdes Goriel Jr. continued to struggle. He struck out four times in one game for the first time in his career. Goriel Jr. has uh, had uh, not had a multiple hit game in any game since May the 29th. He's now four for 30 with one home run in the month of June so far. Statistically speaking, entering Thursday, Corbin Carroll's 3.4 war, offensive war, was tied for the highest in baseball. Uh, just ahead of Ronald Acuna, uh, who is at 3.3, and also Carroll, third among MLB position players and fifth overall in war. Meanwhile, the bottom line, uh, even after losing this series, Arizona's 7-3 in their last 10 series. They spent 37 days tied for first place amongst uh, uh, at least in first place or tied for first place in the National League West this season. More on those standings in a moment. The Phillies, on the other hand, are really rolling. They've won 10 of their last 12 games. That's boosted by an offense, which has scored the most runs in baseball in the month of June. Also, the Phillies, largely because of their improved bullpen, now 14-7 and in one-run games this season. Up next, the Diamondbacks' homestand starts, uh, continues, I should say, uh, continues tonight with a three-game series, the first of those against the Guardians. We previewed the Guardians in the last segment with Jeff Ellis uh, from Locked On Guardians. The scheduled pitching matchup tonight is Zach Gallen, who's 7-2 with a 3-0-9 run average against the uh, Guardians' Tristan McKenzie. 0-1 and one in his four thir- uh, 450 run average. This is the McKenzie's uh, his third start coming off the injured list. He started this. He got, was injured at the end of spring training and did not pitch at all until, you know, like uh, three, you know, a couple weeks ago. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Gallon has slipped some, but still in his last four starts, uh, he is 1-0 and zero with a 347 earned run average, allowing 19 earned runs in his last 23rd of the third innings. Gallon ranks, uh, he entered yesterday, uh, ranked among the league leaders in starts. In fact, he was first with 14. Home runs allowed, he's second with just four. Strikeout to walk ratio, he's third at 4.89. Uh, he's uh, fourth in hits, tied for fourth in, uh, in uh, excuse me, fourth in wins. Uh, with He's got seven wins. Uh, he is also fifth in innings pitched so far this season among National League pitchers. 84 point, well, 84 and a third, basically. Strikeouts, he's ninth with 93. Walks, seventh, tied for seventh with just 19. And there's earned run average of uh, 3.09, which has gone up these last couple starts. It still ranks eighth in the National League. Those are the numbers. That's kind of a definition of an ace, those particular numbers. 
Uh, once again, the uh, Diamondbacks playing the Guardians for the first time at Chase Field since 2017. All right, so the uh, updated National League standings now, National League West standings. The Dodgers won an extra innings last night, so they gained a game. Uh, Arizona is sitting at 41-28, and 28, even after losing three of the last four days. The Dodgers sitting at 39-30. and 30. San Diego, uh, which has uh, gotten it together here a little bit of late. Excuse me, San Francisco is third. They've won 7 out of 10, uh, and they're now 36-32. and 32. San Diego is sitting at 33-35. and 35. They won 6 out of 10. And Colorado in last place, and I'm guessing they'll be in last place the rest of the season, at 39-42. and 42. And they had another feeble offensive performance last night on the road at Atlanta. Meanwhile, also in today's local roundup, one other item I want to make sure I get to right now, the Suns might be looking to move into the first round of next Thursday's draft. They currently do not have a first-round pick. That's, uh, as I mentioned, it's next Thursday. According to Sam Vecini of The Athletic, the Cavaliers, Suns, and the Bucks have all, quote, explored potential opportunities to move into the late 20s and 30s due to the lack of uh, prospects on the wing and potential NBA-ready older rotation players, quote, end of quote from Sam, uh, who was on this show a long time ago, back in the day he was working for CBS Sports. According to Vecini, the Suns might be the most desperate team looking to trade for a pick. Their only selection in this year's draft is 52nd overall, and they need to find players who can be plugged in immediately around Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Once again, that's from Sam's story at the athletic meanwhile deandre hopkins left new england without signing a contract the free agent wide receiver expected to uh you know you know is in no rush to sign with the team this according to mike reese who has covered the patriots for a very long time he's been with espn for the last few years he is totally clued in on the patriots uh also hopkins visit to new england went very well according to jordan schultz who is the score's NFL insider. Hopkins is uh, considering waiting until training camp to make a final decision. That's something that we discussed the last couple of weeks. It seems like it's becoming more and more apparent that the A, the demand for Hopkins, not as high as he wanted or had hoped or thought or you know guessed or whatever the term we're going to use. And he certainly... Not going to get as much money as maybe he thought, but the the uh, excuse me the Cardinals are still still paying a whole lot of money uh, after they they cut him. They still have to pay a large salary for next season. Another uh, one other quick thing here: the University of Arizona basketball program added another top European prospect for this upcoming season, next season. And I'm going to butcher this name, so I'm just going to I'm going to call him uh, until further notice the European dude. Uh, another European dude, but uh, you know, Palu- Pal- yeah, I'm not even gonna try. Paul Paluis, I believe, something like that's his first name. I'm not even gonna try to butcher his last name since I just butchered his first name. But he, uh, he if you're into the U of A, you know about him. He's one of the top European European prospects, uh, and he uh, he signed a letter of intent uh, with the Wildcats. He told that to ESPN on Wednesday. He's six nine. He's considered an offensive first player, and that seems to be the Tommy Lloyd, you know, makeup. They get plenty of guys that can score. Uh, it'd be nice if they could get some guys that could defend, in my opinion. 
But they've certainly had an interesting offseason. They've added Caleb Love for North Carolina via transfer. He's definitely an offensive first player. They added Jordan Bradley, Bradley from Alabama, who actually does have some defensive skills. And they got uh, Kish, you know Kashad Johnson from uh, from San Diego. He was at San Diego State the last year. He's a rebounder and a defender. So those are the uh, incoming transfers and, and recruits and so forth for the upcoming season. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the return of today's, uh, by the conclusion of today's show, uh, the National Roundup. That'll be topped by uh, some MLB from the scoreboard. Time pending, we'll get to a little latest line for some baseball for today. If not, we'll get to plenty of baseball in the next couple of hours with Kayla hosting the Extra Point uh, over the next two hours uh, from 10 to noon right here on uh, KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7. Patrick Show, weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. This is just uh, something I like to call breakfast. With big name guests, timely sports information, and more on KTUS AM 1060. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back, final segment today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KTUS AM 1060, KSLUX HD2 100.7. And from the scoreboard, the, the Dodgers' bullpen did not blow it. And they had lots of chances to blow it because the game went 11 innings last night in Los Angeles. Uh, Freddie Freeman uh, single with the bases loaded in that 11th inning. The Dodgers win 5-4 to four over the White Sox. The two teams combined for 32 strikeouts, the most in an MLB game this season. They also had 11 walks between them. Uh, you know, Luis Robert and Eloy uh, Jimenez hit back-to-back home runs in the first inning. Jake Berger and Andrew Vaughn went deep in the uh, Later in the game, and uh, like the fifth or sixth inning, I don't have the exact inning down here for some reason, but the Dodgers bullpen, which is dead last in the National League and bullpen earned run average, as we mentioned yesterday, they shut it down the rest of the way, which was somewhat surprising. Chris Taylor hit the game-tying grand slam in the sixth inning, and nobody scored after that until the 11th inning. It was Taylor's 100th career home run with the Dodgers, and uh, the Dodgers had a, uh, they now have an MLB leading eight Grand Slam homers this season. Meanwhile, the Angels, a season high seven games above 500. Shohei Otani pitched six innings for his first victory in five starts. And also, he matched the MLB lead with his 22nd home run. He's been in a ridiculous role here lately. And the Angels beat the uh, NL West leading Rangers last night, five to three. Also in that game, actually still in the game after he left his, uh, you know, they took him out as the pitcher after six innings, but Otani hit a two-run homer in the eighth inning. Uh, 443 feet opposite field blast that landed in the second deck in left center field. I've never been to the new stadium in Arlington, but that looks like it's really difficult to accomplish. (laughs) And he was able to accomplish that. Uh, The Angels won three out of four in the series at Texas. 
They've now won nine out of 11 overall. They're still four and a half game games behind the Rangers. The Angels, until this series, had been really bad this season against teams above 500. Meanwhile, the Orioles beat the Jays again. Adley Rushman and Austin Hayes homered. Uh, Anthony Santan, Santander, uh, he singled, brought in the uh, you know, the tie-breaking run in the sixth inning. The Orioles beat the Jays 4-2. to two. Excellent performance from Tyler Wells. Uh, on the mound, he uh, allowed two runs, five hits, six and two-thirds innings, struck out eight, walked one, and he's now won his third straight start. Uh, Baltimore has won six out of seven, owns the second-best record in baseball at 43-25. and 25. That's because there is the best record is Tampa's the first team to win 50 games this season. Luke Rayleigh hit a, a solo homer, the go-ahead solo homer, with one out in the eighth inning. Uh, Manuel Gar, uh, when Manuel Margot connected earlier with a home run, and uh, the Royals beat uh, beat the uh, E's four to three yesterday. Uh, Rays top pitching prospect Taj Bradley, who we talked about in the Sports Zone, uh, excuse me, in the Extra Point yesterday, uh, he struck out the first six uh, A's hitters in order. He had 11, a career high for the game, and uh, he looked like he's a top prospect now. Unfortunately. He's had a lot of games where he hasn't looked at anything. We're close to a top prospect, so much so that he was actually sent to the minor leagues for a while earlier this season. Meanwhile, right-hander Pete Fairbanks coming off of the 15-day injured list. with a, He had a left hip issue. He is back. He was activated yesterday and finished this game for his eighth save of the season. Uh, the uh, Rays now go down the uh, Pacific Coast Highway, uh, and, uh, among other things. It's some kind of a long way from Oakland to San Diego. I'm sure they're flying. <laughs> but uh, you know, Shane McClanahan pitches tonight against the Padres in San Diego. McClanahan, baseball's uh, first 10-game winner for this season with a 218 earned run average. He's never faced an NOS team in the regular season. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. Stay tuned. The Extra Point with Kayla coming up next. So stay tuned for that. We'll have more phone call time, among other things. 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.